We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Steve Graham, recorded at Equippers Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com. Great to see you. Hey, how many people were here this morning at either of the services? Cool. Hey, um, I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh, take a section of what I did this morning and then unpack it a bit. So there's a brief section that I'm going to go over again. So if you're here this morning, just nod and like, wow, I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Okay. Just pretend like it's the first time because I want to kind of lay it as a foundation and then unpack it a bit. And um, uh, I... I was just praying before the service and like, God, what do you, what do you actually want to do? And, and I felt like God say that he's, gonna, he's just going to frame some things for some people. And it's like, I had to Google what that meant. And it's like, um, like the massive experience to frame something. It just kind of puts a structure in a ba- and around it. It's like, now I get what this is all about. And I, and I want to suggest to you that for some of you, God's just going to frame and help you make sense of what he's doing in your lives, what he's doing in other people's lives around you, what he wants to do uh, through this church. And, and, and particularly I want to focus tonight around kind of young adults ministry and, and students. And, and I, want to, I want to suggest to you, just to jump here, I want to suggest to you, if you're a student, if you're a young adult, if you're senior high school, if you have a passion for that uh, area of ministry, that you are in the most important moment of your life. And I'm going to prove that to you, okay? So, um, so I said this morning, uh, a couple of months ago, I was asked, there was a young adults camp in Auckland, Equippers, and I was asked to go and, and speak there. Um, and God just spoke to me, and, I, and he real clearly said, this is going to be, this is a moment. And uh, I'll explain what that means in a minute, but like, this is, this is a significant moment in people's life. This is just not another camp. It's not just another session. Like, this is a mo- this is going to be a defining moment for some people. And, and the reason... The camp's going to be a defining moment is suddenly I understood because they're going to get that actually they're in a season of their life that's a defining moment. I want to suggest to you, if again, uh, I don't want to exclude people who are not in that age bracket because I'm going to apply it else uh, in other ways. But if you're in that uh, kind of senior high school student, young adult thing, I want, to, I want to suggest to you, you are in the defining moment of your life. That whole season is a defining season. And, and, and so there's a sense of urgency uh, around as a church that we, we you know, in equippers, there's a prophetic sense that God's moving amongst the children. That's really, and that's amazing, and that's awesome. And, and there's a history of a great sense of God wants to do something around, amongst the youth. But, but uh, I, I feel like around Equippers nationally, there's a sense God's bringing a fresh passion and conviction with people who have a burning passion for young adults ministry and student ministry because you get, like, this is the defining moment of people's lives. It's great to get children to make commitments because it sets foundations. It's great to get high schoolers to kind of get uh, inspired with what they can do for Jesus. But, but I believe that uh, young adult, senior high school young adults ministry is a defining moment, and it's absolutely crucial that you understand that you are in a season uh, where God will, can apprehend you and, and redirect your life and launch you on a life uh, trajectory where you'll never be the same. And, and here's, so I believe this camp was going to be a moment, and it was a moment because they were going to understand that they were in a moment in their lives. But then once you get that, you realize we are surrounded by tens of thousands of people who are in a defining moment of their life, and they don't know it. And, and there's a sense of urgency 
about uh, young adults ministry, student ministry, that there are thousands, tens of thousands of people around us who are in the defining moment of their life. Something is going to grab their heart. Something is going to captivate them and launch them on a trajectory. And if it's not the kingdom of God, if it's not Jesus, something will grab them. And so I, I kind of want to um, uh, hopefully prove that to you. Is that all right? Yeah. So I've used the language that it's a moment. And uh, uh, what does that mean? Um, I explained this morning that there's two Greek words for time in the Bible. There's the word chronos, which is just like the flow of time. Now, life just goes on. I was in year 10, on year 11, year 12, year 13, off to university. Just, life just cruises along. But, the, but there's another word, uh, the word kairos, which uh, the definition of kairos is this. It's an ancient Greek word meaning the right or opportune moment, the supreme moment. Uh, while the term chronos refers to chronological or sequential time, the, the word kairos signifies a period or season, a moment of indeterminate time in which an event of significance happens. And, and here's the point. The way that God deals with us is not just like steady wander through. The way that God deals with us is often there are defining kairos moments which redefine the whole trajectory of our life going forward. Uh, if you read in the Old Testament with Abraham, he will talk about they were nomadic and it's like he started here and it's like Abraham journeyed from this place to this place and there he built an altar. And then he journeyed from this place to this place, and there he built an altar. And he journeyed from this place to this place, and there he built an altar. And it's like life was less about just a, a flow as it was a sequence of altar moments, moments where there was an encounter with God, where there was some kind of revelation about what God wanted to do, and there was the building of the altar was an act of kind of commitment, like, yeah, God, I see it, I get it, and I commit to it. And I want to suggest to you that your life will be defined less by just a sequence of where life's going than by a series of altar moments. And, and that's what I, I want to say, that, yeah, there will be a series of altar moments throughout your life. But I want to suggest to you tonight that this kind of young adult, student, senior high school is the defining altar moment in people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you in a minute. But, um, uh, and, and um, when I, th yeah, so I said this one, so uh, sorry to repeat again, I just want to lay a foundation that when I think about my life, I've been a Christian over 40 years, and, and when you hear stories of people's God encounters, it can sound like they're forever having these amazing experiences. But, but for me, when I look back, there's probably like seven altar moments, which, when I describe the moments, they sound spectacular, but you've got to remember, like, there's seven years or so in between each one. There's a, there's a long time between each altar moment. When, with the altar moment, you kind of get a vision and, and an encounter with God, and, and you get a sense of where things go, and you commit to it, but then you walk it out. And, and, and it's not every day that you have these moments, but there are moments. So, um, you know, I... Some of the moments for me. The first one was as a kid, as a primary school kid. I uh, didn't grow up in a Christian family. Went to this church. Uh, went to a camp that these people were running for boys. And, and this guy preached up the front and said, you know, explained what Jesus did and said, if you want to become a Christian, get up out of your seat and walk up the front. And I was saying this uh, this morning. I went back to my bunk and lay on my bunk and just said, God, 
first time I think I'd ever talked to God. It was like, God, you know that I agree with everything that guy said, um, but you know there's no way I'm going up the front. Like, are we all good with that? And, and, and looking back now, I realized that was the moment that I was born again. There was this touch from heaven, and it's like, yeah, so there was, there was an altar moment. Someone, there was an encounter with God. There was a, a new reality opened up, and there was a response. And, and that's why I believe these are so important. This was probably nine years old, but, you know, 45, 40, so whatever plus years later, it still defined my life. One altar moment, that's why I never despise altar moments of children and youth because I know they matter to God because I understand that God works in altar moments. One moment of encounter and response redefines your life. And tonight, for some of you, this could be an altar moment that redefines the path of your life. Everything in my life is different because of that one conversation as a, I don't even know, eight or nine-year-old boy on a bunk. And it was a moment that redefined my life. You know, and then nothing kind of much happened. And then fast forward to when I was 15, I got involved in a youth group kind of stuff. We went to this big conference in Wellington. And again, I had another altar moment. And that's why I believe in, in conferences. I believe in camps. I believe in, in events. It's not emotion. Because uh, 40 years later, my life has still been determined by those. And this was a moment as a 15-year-old. Uh, again, this guy just spoke at the front and just said, you know, if you want to give all of your life to just follow God's purpose, I want you to come up the front. Probably 3,000 young people there. I don't know why, but I found myself up the front. I seriously don't know why I got up and walked to the front, but I did. And then I forgot about it. But again, that's, I know this is so important because God didn't forget about it. Because six years later, I was finishing a degree at Auckland University, had my future all planned out, was um, enrolled in a master's, going to do a PhD, wanted to be a lecturer. And, and, and then and God reminded me of that moment when I was a 15-year-old. And he's just, he just said this, you said that I could have your life. And I was like, yeah, I did. And you can. Um, but I was like, but I've kind of got the next 10 years planned out. So if, if, if you want to do a major change in direction, like now, I just kind of, you know, agreeing with, like, yeah, now's the time to do that. Otherwise, we're all sorted, really. So if you, if you want to do a major change, you kind of got the summer, else I know what the next 10 years looks like. And then, you know, I went home to a youth group camp and I was just sitting on the front row like down there and one night the speaker comes bounding off the stage running down to sort something out with the sound guy and as he runs past me he just says oh you should come and work for us and I was like there it is God you've just you've just redefined the whole trajectory of my life I'm going to be I thought I was going to be a university lecturer now I'm going to be a youth worker yeah. Uh, and so, you know, and a few weeks later, I grew up in Taranaki in New Plymouth, and it's a kind of four and a half, five hour trip to Auckland. And it's like, I remember one evening walking down to my old bedroom in my mum's house and heading towards the door and thinking, I'm not really very good at this hearing from God business, but I'm going to walk in there. And when I walk out, I have to know whether to get on the bus tomorrow and go back to Auckland or to stay here and be a youth worker. And I don't particularly remember what happened or how God spoke to me or whatever, but I just know that I walked out of that room going, uh, yep, that was an altar moment, I'm staying. And everyone kind of shook their head and like, what are you doing? But I, I had had an altar moment. And, the, and my life changed. 
And so, you know, that's why, like, nine-year-old boy, 15-year-old boy, 20-year-old student, looking back over 30, like, those are the moments that change my life. They matter to God. They change what we do. Uh, uh, Fast forward a bit, um, next older moment was probably five or six years later, newly married. My wife and I went on this mission trip to the Philippines. We, we were working with YWAM on this big rubbish dump that had like 10,000 people living on it. And uh, on the last day, we stood on the top of this rubbish dump and just tears running down our eyes. And we just said, God, I never realized that you look down on things like this. Like I thought us nice Christians, you look down on us nice Christians and thought we were really nice, and I didn't realize you looked down on people just living in hell, and, and man, so much we want to do, we just said, God, would you release us from what we're doing in New Zealand and let us come back, and we felt God say, yeah, that's cool, so we packed up, bought a one-way ticket, 12-week-old baby, and went back to live in the slums in Manila, and I, like that was another defining moment, we're going to be involved in mission. Uh, the next defining moment was a few years later that... Um, the most of the northern Philippines, any Filipinos here? No. Most of the northern Philippines is Catholic, <coughs> Christian, but down the south is uh, Muslim separatist rebels, Mujahideen stuff, a lot of conflict and stuff. And um, there was uh, one of those mercy ships was down there, and they did a little program, and there was a girl from New Plymouth, our hometown, in this program. Someone threw a grenade in it. Uh, the program, two of them got killed. And we just felt like this, like, devil, how dare you kill missionaries? Like, man, we should do something about that. And then a year later, another Canadian missionary down there, someone just walked up behind them, shot them in the back of the head, and we're like, stuff, you devil. You shouldn't be killing missionaries. We're just going to go down there and take their place. So we packed up our three little kids and went and lived in the southern Philippines for a few years in this situation. It was like, that was another defining moment. That was another altar moment. Uh, the next older moment's not quite so spectacular. Well, it doesn't sound so spectacular. It was a few years later that my, down there my wife just came to me one day and said, you know what, I, I want to go back to New Zealand. I've, we've been youth workers, we've lived in a slum, we've lived in the middle of a civil war. Like, I just want to go back and be a normal Kiwi mum. And I knew that it was a God thing. And I was like, this is another moment. It's like, I don't understand. I thought we were committed. I thought we were moving forward in mission. Now you're going back to New Zealand. I don't understand this moment, but I know it's a God moment. And I have to, I have to build an altar. It's not what I thought. It's not a spectacular. It's not dramatic. But it's an altar. God, this is you. There's an encounter. There's a revelation. There's a vision. And I have to respond. And so, and so we came back to New Zealand. We went to Christchurch. I set up a Bible college there, and we were pastors of a church and so on. And, and, th- and again, things were going really well there. Where I was running um, Laidlaw College in Christchurch, which is the old Bible college in New Zealand. We had a home with my mum living with us and a daughter and a granddaughter. It was great. And then my, my most recent older moment was about four years ago when Pastor Bruce Monk, again, like that guy when I was 15, just came walking past me one day and he said, oh, I think you need to resign from your job. I think you've got too comfortable. I was like, wow. Like, we just navigated earthquakes. <laughs> you know, I'd return. I'm like, really? And then two days later, I thought, oh, bother, he's right, I'm bored. Uh, and I wrote, man, I think this is another altar moment. And, and again, it didn't really make sense. Uh, I, I just had this incredible platform in Christchurch, 
around a whole lot of the churches and stuff, and people are like, why would you walk away right now when God's open? And I was like, I don't know, but I've just had an altar moment. And God's telling me to walk away from all of this. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. But, but I've had an altar moment. And so we just had to, I tried to figure it out in my head and make other plans, but it just nothing worked. And I was like, I just got to resign. Actually, just to, the context was I had to go up to, because uh, nothing, I was like, okay, God, I'm willing to show me what you want me to do. And there was silence. I was like, oh, man. And then so you start to make a plan. Oh, maybe if, if I can cut back on this and that, I can free up to do a bit of this and that. So I remember going to this meeting at uh, Laidlaw College in Auckland and kind of, do you know when you figure things out in your head and they sound logical and then when you open your mouth and you talk and it's like, they just land on, and you just, and all the air goes out, and you realize God's not in this. And I was like, oh, it sounded really logical in my head, but God's not in this. I remember I was, we were living in Christchurch, so I was staying in this hotel in Auckland, and went back to the hotel room, and I had a little tantrum with God, like I was crying and I was angry, like, why don't you just show me what you flipping want me to do? If you want me to, no, 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 drama, drama, scream, tantrum. And then my phone rings, and it's this little prayer lady from Christchurch, and she says, I think I've got a word for you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was in the stop my tantrum. She said, I just feel like God's saying, um, you're, at a, you're at a decision point in your life. Uh, you're at a crossroads in your life. And she said, it may not seem logical to people, uh, uh, but take the path of greatest faith. And I rang back up college and I said oh, I need to make an appointment come back to you and said I just need to resign and people are like what are you going to do I was like I don't know for six months what are you going to do I don't know and then and then three months three weeks before I was going to finish Pastor Sam Monk rang me from Auckland and said oh the principal from Equippers College is moving on to something else uh, would you come and do that and I was like there it is Another altar moment. Had to sell our house. Had to put my mum into a rest home. Get our daughter and granddaughter living somewhere. Just everything. But it was like we just got. I just got to walk into the next altar moment. I don't understand it, but I got to walk into the next altar. Little did I know that Equippers was about to form links with Denmark and Ghana and Calcutta and the whole missions thing were going to come back to life. But but that might sound dramatic. But those are like about seven things over forty years. But they are what make me who I am today. You will be defined by the altar moments of your life and the response that you make in that moment of encounter. And just to pick it up again, one of the things that has grabbed me about what I'm doing now, if we can flick up this passage from Isaiah 49, is a vision that Pastor Bruce Monk had. It's coming where about he has this vision of arrows being fired out from Equippers churches all around the world. Actually, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I should have got this organized. Have you, I don't know if you've ever noticed. Equippers has a little logo. It's an arrow. It comes from a thing that God is going to send out arrows all around the nation, all around the world. And for me, now that's just grabbed my heart. And it comes from this passage. Um, is that verse 1? Okay, uh, next one. Next verse. Here, he, he made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me like a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. God is in the business of preparing arrows to fire out. And, and you need to understand 
uh, that God is in that business. And you need to understand that when you come into the corporate anointing of equippers, you are part of a movement where God is preparing arrows to be fired out. And it's like, man, this is what life is about. God is preparing arrows to be fired out to accomplish his purposes. And so for me now, that's the vision that grips my heart. That's what we're about at Equippers College, preparing arrows to be fired out. You know, and just, just to flow on a bit from this, if you go on to the next part, you know, he... Um, it talks about him being concealed in his quiver. There's a time when you don't understand what God's doing, but he's hiding you away, preparing you for something. And it's like, again, it might help you frame what God's doing. He's preparing you, but there's a timing to it. There's a moment of preparing, and then there's a moment of release. Uh, can, you, can you flick up the next one? And it says... This person says, I said, I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing. It's like, I feel like I've been accomplishing nothing. It's all been a waste of time. But no, no, there's a timing. God's preparing you to do something. And so then the next verse is this when it comes up. It's, he says this. If you look up. Now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be a servant. Uh, and, and flick up the next one. He says this. It's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel. I will make you a light for the Gentiles. It's like you thought God had forgotten you. You thought nothing was happening. You, In fact, you thought it was all a waste of time. But God, you didn't realize I was preparing you. You didn't realize that you were in a season where I was getting you ready. And in a moment that you're launched, and actually rather than being disappointing and rather than being smaller than you thought, actually this whole thing is going to be more significant, more impacting than you ever imagined. But there's a moment that comes, but there's a process that leads into it. And, and this whole thing of arrows is something that's just growing over. This is now my fourth year at Equippers at a College, and this is what I unpack a bit. So the whole thing, oh, yeah, God's in the business of preparing arrows. And there's a whole teaching around, you know, an arrow has three parts. It has the head, uh, and then it has the shaft, and then it has the flights. And it was like, if God's preparing arrows, he's preparing those three different things. And it's like, man, we just want to add weight to the, the head of the arrow so when it lands, it actually penetrates. And God's preparing uh, so that when, you, when, he, when he sends you out, you actually land with some force, and he sharpens a sense of purpose, like this is what he's called me to do. And, and he puts some weight into that. And, and it's like God's in the process of preparing you to to hit something with impact, to make a difference, not to just be like one of those darts that, you know, bounces off the board. It's like God wants you to be able to drive home into what he has for you. And there's a process in that. But then, but then there's not only the head, there's the shaft. And it's like you can have a great ministry and weight, but without the shaft being straight, it just goes off off anywhere. And it's like, yeah, God's also in the business of straightening out character and forming people. So they'll fly true and they'll, and they'll land with purpose. And again, so often we see people who have, have the ability, the knowledge, but they don't have the character that will send them straight and true. And they end up going off in all kinds of directions. And it's like God is also preparing your character. But then there's the flights that just pick up the sensitivity to the Spirit. And, and I, the first year I was at Griffiths College, it's like, man, I'm, a, I'm here to add weight to the arrows God is sending out. And, and if you're part of Equippers, welcome to the call of God on Equippers, that you are being prepared as arrows to go and drive home and make a difference for God. 
And, and so that then inspired me the first year. But then going to the second year, it was like, okay, God, what are you doing? And anyone watch those old, like, um, or those old kind of medieval movies when there's a big battle, you know, and the soldiers and the cavalry, and, and when they're sitting, and at one point they kind of go archers, and all the archers step forward and they all pull back, and this whole kind of volley of arrows. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And I saw this volley of arrows and realized God's not just in the business of sending individual people, but he wants a whole volley of arrows being sent out into our cities, into our communities, into our schools, into the nations of the world, that God is firing out volleys of arrows to do something for him. And it's like, man, yeah, that's what we're about. Then last year, the kind of metaphor changed a bit. I just saw this picture of people sitting around kind of planning and strategizing, and we just had the sense, oh yeah, they're not just volleys of independent arrows, but they're people who know how to do team. They know how to work together, and so we did a whole lot of stuff at college of sending teams of students to different places around the country and working together, and like God's forming team, and and the students called it the year of team. And then, uh, and then about uh, November, one of the students had a sudden uh, terrible heart um, incident where it required emergency surgery and, and everyone, and she almost died and we're all up there and suddenly it's like, man, God just took team and community to a whole new level. And, but uh, her life was saved and then uh, it looked all good and then about six weeks later, another incident and she died. Oh, it was devastated. She was 20 years old, um, and and um, and again, uh, she was uh, context of what I'm. At, she was a young Maori, young woman from around Otaki, and as we went down to a tangi, and all there as a tangi, it's just like, man, God, you just you just put team as a community as a like this is a this is not just individuals. This is about people together in God, and, and then. And then going into this year, okay, God, how are you going to take this on to another level? And one of the media guys at Auckland, I was praying with him one morning, and he just said, oh, do you know that I just got this picture of Achilles? Does anyone know the myth of Achilles? You're more educated than I am. I had to go and look it up. But uh, the story, it's a Greek myth of this uh, little baby who's born, uh, and and it's foretold that he's going to be a great warrior, but that one day he's going to be killed in battle. So in there, in this myth, there's this sacred river, and if you immersed in the river, you're kind of protected from death. So the story is the mother takes him, I don't know what mother would do this, but grabs him by the ankles and dunks him in the river. So, if you under, so the water touched every part of him except his ankle, the Achilles tendon, the Achilles, that's why. And we talk about the Achilles heel of someone as the weak point. And so in the myth, he became a mighty warrior, but one day an arrow got him in the heel, poisoned him, and he died. And, and, and when this guy in Auckland told me that, I thought, yeah, do you know what? This whole business of arrows, this is not, we're not here to play archery games. We're here to add weight to prepare people who are then launched out to go and take down powers and principalities that are holding communities and cities and nations and bondage. We're not here to play games. We're here to take out things that, that are destroying our young people, destroying our cities, to holding nations in bondage. And it's like, man, that's what we're about when we talk about arrows. And it's like, man, that's the vision and that's the passion. And so uh, I was talking about this with the young people and, and, and 
go back to where we started, I said, the sense, there's, this is a moment. And I, and I thought, oh yeah, that's that Greek word, kairos. I should do some more research. Now here's where it all comes back together. I talked about this in the 9 a.m., but I forgot to say it in the 11 a.m. service. I looked in the, it's like you can't make this stuff up. I looked in, the, in Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge and truth, and it, this is what it says about kairos. In Onion's 1951 etymological studies, that means where the words came from, he traces the primary root of the word kairos to the ancient Greek association with archery. In archery, kairos denotes the moment in which an arrow may be fired with sufficient force to penetrate a target. The kairos moment is that moment, if God is preparing people and he's preparing arrows and he's getting them ready and his kairos is that moment when the arrow is engaged and it's directed and it's released with enough power to go and hit its target. And, and the kairos moments are those moments when you are engaged and you're redirected and you're released. Come on, kairos moments in your life when God grabs hold of your heart and he redirects your life and he releases you to go and accomplish something for him. And, and now let me tie that together back. Why do I say that young adults, uh, you will have a number of kairos moments in your life. I had one when I was probably nine, when I was 15, when I was 20, when I was 25, when I was 50. But this is what I want to say to you. Hey, it's great when you're a child and you have a kairos moment with God and he just puts a foundation. It's great when you're in high school and you have a kairos moment and, and you're inspired by Jesus. But, but do you think about this? When you're a young adult, you are in the defining moment when your heart can be engaged and you can be directed and you can be released to go and hit something. I mean, when you're 13, it doesn't matter how inspired you are, mum's going to tell you to go home again and um, do your homework. But in that young adult student phase, come on, you are at the moment when you can be engaged, your heart can be engaged, you can be focused on something, and you can be released to go and hit the target. In fact, here's the significance. Because do you realize that there are like 30, almost 30,000 students in Dunedin that they are in the defining moment where something will engage their heart, something will direct their life, and they will be released to go and hit some target. And if you and we don't engage them for the kingdom, if this is not a kairos moment for God, it will be a kairos moment for something else whether that's pleasure or money or success or something. And so that's why I believe there's an absolute urgency for student ministry and young adults ministry because there are a whole lot of people in the kairos moment of their life where something is going to engage their heart, something is going to redirect their life, and they're going to be released to pursue something. And for God's sake, let it be the kingdom of God. Let it be the cause of Jesus. Let them be released to go and drive home to make a difference for Jesus, not for something else. Um, the process is simply this. Engaged, directed, and released. Engaged in your heart, directed towards a target, and released to go and hit it with purpose. Come on, there's a moment there's a moment, if you're in that stage, you will have other Kairos moments, but you are in a defining Kairos moment. 
when you will be engaged by something, you'll be directed to something, and you'll be released to pursue it. Why do I, why do I know that this is true? If you flick up Psalm 110, this is an interesting, I think it's an interesting passage. It's uh, prophetic, and it's an insight into the very heart of God. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, this is, this is God the Father talking to God the Son. This is a, this is a discussion within the Trinity. And God the Father says to Jesus, sit at my right hand, which is come and rule with me. We're going to do this together until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It's like, we are going to take this thing. We're going to do this thing. We're going to see this world come under your authority, Jesus. God the Father has promised Jesus that every knee is going to bow, that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus, God the Father has promised Jesus this. And so then he goes on and he says this, the Lord will extend your mighty scepter. That's his rule from Zion saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. God has promised Jesus that his name is going to be known around Dunedin, that his name is going to be known in, in Omaru and Balclutha and Invercargill. God has promised Jesus that his name is going to be lifted up in India and Ghana and the Philippines. God has promised Jesus that. Well, how is that going to happen? It's going to fall from heaven. No, well, God has promised Jesus something else. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. There's going to be a group of people who go, we're up for this, Jesus. God has promised Jesus this. And, and how's it going to happen? Arrayed in holy splendor, your young men slash young women will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. Here's the deal. Just like every morning you wake up and there's dew on the ground, God the Father has promised Jesus that in every generation there will be another wave of young men and young women who rise up with a sense of mission and purpose, who are captivated by a cause, whose hearts are engaged, who are directed on a purpose, and who commit to being released to go and do what God wants to do in our world. And that's the vision of equippers that God is releasing. So if you hang around the space for too long, you haven't got any hope. Because God's promised Jesus that there's another wave coming, that there's another volley of arrows about to be released, that there's a, another set of people who are going to find themselves in a Kairos moment when gra God grabs hold of their hearts and He redirects their You thought you were going to be doing this, but I'm going to use you to do this for my kingdom. You thought life was going to be about this, but no, I'm changing your direction. I'm, I'm redirecting and I'm about to release you and launch you to go and make a difference for my kingdom. There will be defined, there will be Kairos moments throughout your life. But come on. If you're a young man and young woman, you are in the defining Kairos moment of your life. And because of that, you need to get a revelation that there are a whole lot of young men and young women around you who are in the Kairos moment and they don't know it yet. Whose hearts are gonna, they are wired to be engaged with a cause, to be directed for a purpose and released to do it. I just did a bit of a search. Do you know, I mean, you probably know this. Otago University, 2014, 20,942 students. Otago Polytech, probably another 5,000. They say, so roughly 30,000 
students in Dunedin are in the Kairos moment of their life and they don't know it. But they're going to be kept, they're going to be engaged by something. They're going to be directed to a cause and they're going to be released to go and pursue it. And there's a Kairos moment window. And God has promised Jesus a whole wave of them will be part of his cause. But the devil doesn't want them to be caught up in that. And it's like, come on, equipers to need him. Come on, come on, equipers. Kids are really important. High schoolers are really important. They're a wonderful Kairos moment. But, but young adults and students, come on, young adults and students, they're in the Kairos moment of their life. If you're a young adult, you're in a Kairos moment of your life, but you're surrounded by thousands of your classmates who are also in Kairos moments of their lives. You know, uh, just even internationals. Otago, uh, Otago says something like 2,592 internationals. Uh, the Polytech around 700 internationals. So that's like three, three, over, almost three and a half thousand internationals. You can spend a lot of money to pull together mission trips to go to the other side of the world to try and reach. There are three and a half thousand of them that have come to you. You don't have to spend any money. They're out. You just have to invite them out to lunch. You have to invite them on. They have come here. It doesn't cost anything. And they're people who are going to be captivated and they're going to go back to their nations and they're going to be leaders in business and government and stuff. And they're here. And there's a Kairos moment when you could engage them and God could redirect their focus and they could be released to go and make a difference. It's like, um, do, you, uh, do, you, do you get it? <laughs> like, this is a really important ministry. When I shared about this, the guy in Auckland, who's, he leads youth and he leads young adults, but young adults was kind of tacked on the end. When I share about this, he was just this sobbing, dribbling mess at the end because God showed him. This is a Kairos moment ministry that you're doing. This is a defining moment. This is an altar moment. How about you stand speak to you if you're if you're a, like a senior high school student or a tertiary student a young adult I said I felt like God just wanted to frame something tonight I hope that you get a sense of that he frames what this pe- you think you've come down here to get a degree to set you up for a career to make some money no 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 God's promised Jesus another wave of arrows. Come on. May not be the time to be launched, but it's a time you're being prepared. And there's an altar moment. When you build an altar like I did when I was 15 and like I did when I was 20. And it's like, God, my life is going to be for your purpose. My life is going to be for your purpose. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence here. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. And just for people to kind of go, I get it now. I get it what I'm doing year 12 and 13. I get why I'm at university. 
I get what's important. I'm uh, 54 now, so this was this was. Can't uh, do the math too tough. 34 years ago, like God, I give you my life. 40 years ago, no, 34 years ago was like, okay, we're doing it. 40 years ago was, I give you my life. 45 years ago was, yeah, Jesus, I want to know you. I wonder what your altar moment tonight is. And I know that it's not emotion because I know in my life, 40 years later, I'm still living it out. So I just want you to, I want to encourage you now maybe just to close your eyes, to raise a hand or two. Maybe you're not in that stage and there's other ultimate moments. Like, God, I just want to finish well. God, I want to be part of this ministry to raise up another generation. But I just want to pray for God's Holy Spirit to come now. Some of you are going to understand this is important, what you're doing. This is important, the stage you're in. This is important, the ministries you're involved in. That God would open your eyes when you look around your university class. All those people are in Kairos moments and they don't know it yet. Come on, it's important that you reach them. It's important that there's another wave of young people and students coming through Equippers Dunedin who God is going to raise up, who God is going to redefine their hopes and dreams, who God is going to release to go and make a difference from His kingdom, both in this city and around this nation and around the nations of the world. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equippers Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.